0: Welcome to the Stanley Street Social Podcast presented by the TAC, The Road Belongs to Us All. It's good to be back after a, a little bit of a hiatus, probably thanks to mostly me, 99% me. Uh, welcome, Max. Welcome, Cambo. Thank you, Alex. Thanks, Alex. Good to be back. Thanks to TAC for supporting this podcast and also supporting that message that It is so important that we all do our bit to, we all play our role as cyclists out there on the road to create a safe environment for everyone. And of course, um, our favourite apparel partner down at MAP, back at Melbourne HQ, doing everything you need to know about in the cycling apparel space. If you do need some new kit, make sure you head to map.cc. Max, it's been a good start to the year.
1: Yeah, just the first question with the with the big hitters at CAC and MAP a little bit unhappy about the six week hiatus. Alex, trying to get you Uh
0: Well, I don't know if if anyone's been trying to contact me over the last six weeks. Haven't Haven't been overly uh, accessible. Been running around like a, a mad. or well, f- for an update, been running around like a mad hat mad hatter, trying to pack up um, Melbourne. And sadly, in and in this process, this Stanley Street HQ the original headquarters, the original office, the founding the founding space for the platform has been uh, closed. It's closed up. No no one was there willing to keep it going. So Stanley Street, um, the office is closed. I've moved to London. Uh, Cambo's moved to Tasmania, back to the island, um, and the Ds are four and zip. It's probably the other. Five,
1: five and zip now. Um, five and do zip. You mind? Might not have got the Melbourne GBS game yet over in Paris, but five and zip. Oh, yeah, of course. I played yesterday. Yes. Um, and, yeah, they're just starting off the year nicely. Uh, we got a big one this week, Richmond, uh, Anzac Eve. Richmond just coming off a loss, so they'll most likely be uh, quite hungry, and those games tend to be quite hot early. Max, well, I guess probably the last time we caught up, it
0: was uh, it was almost pre... Oh, you might have played the Doggies. and. Yep. We're talking about like the how life changes when you're coming into a, a season as premiership premiership winners from the year before, favourites for the next year. Is it kind of unfolded as you expected? And obviously, it's worked. Whatever
1: you've done, uh, the way I was carrying on post premiership, Alex, I thought it would be zero and seven. So. <laughs> um, we that's a slight difference being 5-0. and uh, So obviously it shows that we've got a little bit more carrying on if we ever get there again. But no, it's it's a different feel knowing that we're the hunted. Obviously, I've had 12 years at a football club and every time you play the Premiers or a team that's been top four for years, you really G yourself up to play that game. Um It's almost like your mini grand final every time you get a chance to play the Premiers. And, and now that's us, so we almost... Have a game against sides. that's almost their mini grand final every every single week. So it's um it's a good position to be in, but it also means every game is hot. And if you're not on, um, we can easily uh, miss 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 one in the next few weeks. So, um, they're all big games. We got Richmond, then St Kilda, and then West Coast over in West Coast. Like every game's a big game for us. Uh, that might not sound like it back at home. I'm sure you weren't tuning into Melbourne GWS Cambo, but um, and if you I were, was actually,
2: I, uh, I was watching. Yeah. Um, yeah, disappointing crowd. I I thought twenty thousand on a Saturday evening, balmy Saturday evening in Melbourne too. Just quite.
1: Yeah, Easter Saturday can get people.
2: Um, it can do. Yeah, and it, I, I dare say Oppo- that opponent that. doesn't help either.
1: Yeah, the crowds were down all all uh, nine. How many games do we have? Nine. Mm. Um, apart from the Adelaide Oval one, but they always turn up over at Adelaide Oval. Yeah. Um, okay. so hopefully they bounce back. I mean, we've got a pretty big drawing game this week against Richmond. And last year we managed to get in the 50s or 60s. So hopefully something similar or even, even more.
0: And Cambo, you've been um heading up Tasmania's pitch to get a AFL team down <laughs> the road. How's that going?
2: Not not quite um spearheading the attack, but uh yeah, working with AFL, Taz down here now, Alex, um, and our, our state league is, is going along quite nicely. Um, round four is behind us and, uh, yeah, we've got an Anzac Day clash coming up. So that's all happening down here in, in Tassie.
1: Let's just – I'll just pitch this. 34 when I'm out of contract, so it's four years. Yep. I can see potentially a Tasmanian team uh, happening there. Melbourne, give me the flick because Luke Jackson's an all time player. <laughs> three Brownlow medals already, and I've got to pay him three mil a year to get him. So there's no room for me. Yeah, Is there a Luke Hodge type role down there for me? I reckon there'll be something for you, Max. Yep. I do think. Well, I, um, I have to live there, though.
2: Yeah. Um... Yeah, you will I think it'll I think I think you'd like it down here, Max. I uh, you know, if you like the you know, the beach kind of life down the bay in, in yep. Melbourne, I think it it'll be it'll be similar, you know, not quite any, the rap.
1: Is there any fly in players in the Tassie State League? Um, not that I'm aware of. Okay. No.
2: No, you know, uh retention of players is a is a big problem. But I think as soon as you get down here, especially someone, you know, you'll be thirty four odd. You'll be obviously, you know, past the carry on phase. I would have thought, Max, um, sure. it'll be a nice place to raise a family down here. So uh, perfect for a, a player of your demographic.
1: Is there a a CQ uh, equivalent in uh, Hobart?
2: Um, I mean, there, there, there's a circuit. Albie would be sure. able to attest to that. Okay. So, um, yeah, there, there's an opening for you.
1: We'll crunch those numbers when you and Gil sort out, um, sort out if you can get a team down there.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, we'll come back to you. But we'll, we'll park that and I'm, I'm, we're interested. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Hobart's probably also a prime place, Max, for, um, yeah, maybe a third wine bar just to keep that expansion going, especially by the time mm. you get, you're ready. For, or maybe might be number four or five by then. Yeah, and we need a new
1: head headquarters for the podcast as well. Exactly, right exactly. Here. Um, is there is there any update on the second wine bar, Max? Uh, we're talking mid June, tradies. Uh, and I'm sure we have a couple of tradies that listen to the podcast, but um, their, their Christmas goes till April, which is weird. <laughs> um, I would have thought Christmas ends pretty soon in the January days, but. Um, Christmas goes for a long time. And hopefully none of the guys that actually are working on the beautiful establishment down there in on Glen Ferry Road <laughs> are listening to the podcast. They're doing a great job. Um, but yeah, it just delayed a little bit, but somewhere around June, be a bit of a winter type feel. Yeah, fantastic. Did um so
0: I watched the race yesterday from the comfort of uh, the Paris time zone in the afternoon. Did you guys go <laughs> the distance yesterday? What's that like? It's nice. Yeah. Well, but it's it's actually—it's in a way though—it's almost a bit stressful because you got to be—it's like a—it's a day out.
1: Yeah. You got to set up at eleven, and then you're you're in for the long haul. And you don't actually watch the start, like we all watch the start because it starts in prime time. Um,
0: I did. I did. I was kind of tuning in and out, and then like really well, I was tuning in and out, and then had to tune in because it was getting so good, as you guys uh, mentioned off the top. The the first 100K was exceptional, which it, which it generally normally is, and it's one of the rare races where you can tune in from kilometre zero. It needs to be the length it is, and you don't get bored at any point in time. I think Cambo put, in, put into our group chat um, when we kick things off, well, as, as the race started to kick off, that it's 100 times better than Flanders.
2: Absolutely. It's, it's easily the best race of the year, um... And it showed again last night. Like, even though it was it was dry, it always, it always seems to be dry, except for last year. You know, we never get a wet Roubaix. And is a wet Roubaix a little bit overrated? Maybe. Um, the dust is just rated. as good in terms of optics. Um, but, yeah, I mean, compared to, compared to Tour of Flanders, I think um, Roubaix just torches it every year. If, if you guys want to add something to that, um, please go ahead.
1: It's certainly the most exciting. Um, I, I must admit, I got a, it was getting one a.m., so was, I was getting a bit tired. But I got a little bit disinterested at the end when it was pretty clear Van Bar was winning from about twenty k out. To be honest, um, so that that maybe like Paris Roubaix is such a survival of the fittest where the time gaps are huge, um, and you know, the the middle bit of the race is the is so entertaining um, mm. compared to something like a Flanders um, that is probably interesting all the way to the end. But the middle bit is there's, don't, don't even have a rival what the middle 100K is like at Paris-Roubaix compared to the other one-day rods.
2: I think that's, yeah, I'll, I'll be touched on. You, you can genuinely watch the whole race from start to finish and and not really get sick of it. There's very rarely a, a big lull, um, and we saw that last night. It was just full gas, the fastest Roubaix in history, just over five and a half hours, averaging over 45K an hour. Um, so, yeah, it was just full gas. The whole way.
1: And how good seeing crowds in and that, especially in that Arenberg part like that. Mm. That's cool seeing crowds back.
2: Yeah. I mean, Patrick Lefebvre might disagree with you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Lampart Lampard wasn't winning. Mm. Come on.
2: Yeah, Lampart was absolutely pinned. He was he seems like the sort of guy that's very honest. And when he was pulling faces, not being able to come through, you really did trust him. Mm. And yeah, I'm not sure if you guys have seen the article, uh, Lefebvre. It's like he, he talks like he's a Belgian gangster or something. Some of the one-liners that he comes up with, it's, it's wild, some of the stuff. He said something like if you not, don't know cycling, don't come or something like that. Yeah, and also like the, the, the guy that knocked Lamparts over, we'll need a lawyer. You know, if it was my day, I'd turn around and go and hit him over the head with my bike. Um, <laughs> he's, he's good He's good friends. entertainment value, he's Patrick.
0: Has Patrick, has Patrick got a bit of work to do, though, based off his classic season so far?
1: Oh, yes. I mean, the position they were in last night as well, having four riders in very, very good spots to be able to pounce. Unfortunately, not as green. When you look back at it, you do realise that survival survived the fittest and Asgreen's been off the pace the whole time. So it sort of makes sense. It did crash, but... Um, a poor classic season. And it's an old, stale team. They, won, they, they brought an old, stale team to every race.
2: Mm. It's weird, isn't it? Two years ago, we were talking about quick step in these classics. Like, they could just raffle it. Who was going to win? Um, this big winning culture. And now it seems to have, have shifted a little bit. Um, guys just aren't really up to the level, not really talking about any genuinely big, big favourites. Um, coming from Quickstep. I know is he's he's a good rider. He was probably going to do a top five last night. But after him, the quality kind of drops off a little bit.
1: Yeah, the combination of Stiebass, Senechel, De Klerk, um, and and even Lampart. Like, Asgreen gets me excited when he's going. But But he's not at the moment, unfortunately. Yeah, correct. It would have been good to see someone like a Remco do the classics. I get that he's gone and and done some stuff with Julian, Ella Philippe, and they've gone and rode some of the one-week races. But... Would have been good to see Rem carry in and around the classics.
0: It it the first kind of hundred k thought. Ah, uh, okay, here we go. Quick step, quick step back after being pretty absent for the the opening opening sector of the season. But it just they they were ne- they were never in that. They went from a dominant position with them and Ineos being in like such a good scenario to just missing things. Whereas it was always. The, the years when they were winning hundreds of races it was their uh, ability just to have ones and twos and threes when everyone else had ones or twos and yeah they've got they they also haven't developed normally this is the kind of the time of the year where you start to see quick steps recruitment come into play they're like their ability just to pick up these young guys and turn them into winners uh, almost instantly just hasn't been hasn't been a thing either and like max touched on like it's not it's yeah, it's, a, it's an older-style team that is just not delivering either.
2: Well, we knew I was taking on that role of just developing young guys that we haven't really heard of, like Ben Turner. Mm. Um, the these last couple of weeks has been incredible. Magnus Sheffield as well won Brabant's um, but Yeah, I thought Turner last night, I mean, he was just outside the top 10. He was 11th. Um, he was, he was super important for Van Baal there in that last 50k. He, uh, he suddenly set up the attack for Van Baal to, to go on the winning move. Um, and, you know, to be there in Roubaix in the last 50k, yeah, you're a serious rider.
1: We were, I remember we were speaking about Ineos last pod, about what they do with Egan gone and Carapaz potentially not going to take out a big three. It was to focus on the classics. Um, I thought it was Pidcock, but Pidcock's been a little bit under the weather throughout this whole Classic season. But who would have thought? Van Baal, obviously a second uh, the other night at Flanders, and then wins tonight. And then uh, the two young guys in Mag, uh, Magnus Sheffield, is that his name? Yep. and And Turner, they've been lining up the uh, the Classic season as well. So any else? Kudos. And, and
2: Kwiatkowski as well, winning oh, yeah, Amstel. Correct. Yeah. Um, so they've absolutely had a field contact. day this last couple of weeks. Just quietly, that was it. Was a weird one having two weeks between Flanders and Roubaix, having having the Amstel in between that sort of caught us off guard.
1: Did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I've never had Paris Roubaix on Easter Sunday. I mean, it was it was cool, but I don't think it's mm. ever- I got pushed a week late for you guys. Have voting in the new president over there or somewhere? weren't you Alex? Uh, has that happened yet? I think that's still in the <laughs> still in the running. <laughs> Uh, who are you voting for? No,
0: I think I think I'm still meant to meant to send my vote home. Okay. If you got any tips? Let me know, Max, because you're on the ground, obviously. i um, taking it all in.
1: Yeah. Well, um, they're both struggling.
0: I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> It's um, yeah. I think like like we we're talking about Max and that first ever pod. We're like, all right, Egan's out. What do they do now? Where 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 do they where do they turn the turn the ship and um. We didn't expect Van Baal to be the guy. Although when you look at it, like his his performance ever since he came out of the under 23 ranks has been awfully solid. He's always there, thereabouts, um, and was in just like the he rode the perfect race. His team rode an exceptional race. And then he also had that perfect status of he's not Wood Van Art, he's not Van Baal, he's not, he has not got that rock star status yet, but has uh, as he showed, he has the capabilities to get it done. He
1: he rode extremely quiet. Um, I, I, they've obviously they talked up Garner which is fair enough Garner's a all-class, a world-class rider and deserves to be talked up even if he didn't look as comfortable on the cobbles as we thought he would mm. but it allowed Van Baal to play this sort of secondary role and sit at the back of, when that group got down to its selective group of 10 Van Baal did a lot of work at the back like hardly anything and just watched a few people make their moves and Mahoric who probably deserved the points for the best rider of the day he was doing all sorts of moves and Van Baal just sat there and waited until um, it looked like Van Aert and had given up, and he 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 went and did his attack. I knew a Van would win. I just didn't pick Van 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 Bale. Um, <laughs> In-Eos, Ineos, by far the best team uh, of the of of the day. The move they made with the crosswinds early, committing all sorts of men to the to the cause. K- Krukowski almost pulled up his bike like he famously does, and he was cooked. Um, the only group, the only team that almost takes the points off them is obviously Wanty. Yeah, <laughs> for that Two guys in the top six. Yeah, they had their whole team finish the race inside the top 20 or something. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah.
2: incredible.
1: And then, and then my other team was, I loved were Total Energies. They were the team actually pushing the Any Ine, like Ineos and Quickstep sort of ducked back and then Total Energies went to the front for um, Nicky Terpster. <laughs> <laughs> First time you've seen Terpstra since 2012
0: on Quickstep when he was-, was torching this race.
2: We thought he was on Quickstep there for a little bit. Just going on the move with I don't know how long it was, but 150 odd k, and he just thought he just get in, get out in front of the race, and it might have worked if he got four or five other strong mates. But um, unfortunately for Nikki, it wasn't to be.
0: I found out yesterday too that Christoph is uh, riding for Interwante. Didn't know that.
2: We had a win. Yeah, well, we, we won uh, the other the other day. Solo and, fashion, normally a sprinter's classic.
0: Yeah, no, and obviously, obviously, you're on that team now. Dominico's there, at Cambo, so you'd be um, happy with the boys and the result yesterday. Is he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, I, I didn't know that.
2: Um, but yeah, no, it was, uh, it was, it was. It's nice to see a, a team like that be so competitive, and it was they just missed out on the podium with uh, Devrient, who was who was leading the race when uh, Mahorich had his. <laughs> Had his puncher, and I feel like at that moment when Mahorich punched, that changed the dynamic of of the race slightly. Um, with him out in front, there was was really a question: was he ever going to come back? I think it was at two minutes thirty at one point. Um, and, a, and a guy like that, the form that he's in, he normally doesn't come back from from that sort of gap. So he was probably a little bit unlucky, I thought. And then even when he got back on his bike again, he was still going on the attack. Um, so maybe he was he was the strongest. Um, but the way that Van Baal left the the Van Art, the Vanderpol group, rode across to Mohorich and then dropped him on Carrefour de Lab was was just ridiculous. He he is so strong, this Dylan Van Baal guy. And uh, he can do it in he can do it in any sort of terrain as well. He he's like a mountain domestic, he, he can do a TT, he can win. Win at Roubaix, and there was some talk of him on the coverage of possibly uh, going to Jumbo next year. So, if that is the case, I'm sure he's probably put an extra couple hundred thousand euro on that on that price
0: tag. What a what a time too! Just to pick up your Roubaix title, as you're just coming into a contract year, mm. and second at Flanders, and second at Flanders, and also just like the way that he's shown that he can play, he's not just a classic specialist player as a really, really good role in that uh, Tour de France team as well for Ineos. So I think it's going to be a pretty uh, juicy number coming his way when uh, his agent goes back to the negotiating tables with uh, Ineos. Would with with the current landscape, would you would you pay big big bucks for him, uh, or would you go back to the drawing board and um, invest heavily in the younger guys?
1: Uh, in terms of in terms of the team that's interested in in, in uh, Jumbo, I don't think they need to pay massive dollars for him. I think it's still Van Art and Van Der Poel are the two. They're the two. Like Van Der Poel's had an off day and Van Art's come back from COVID. Um, I don't think Van Baal puts bums on seats yet.
2: No, he's not that sort of rider. Right. I don't think he's that sort of personality either. Um I think I think he's sort of seems like the guy that is happy to be a, a domestic, and he's he's just so strong that he will get these opportunities. And I mean, you don't go and win a Roubaix by two minutes by being a <laughs> a tier three or four rider. Like obviously he's he's incredible. Um, but yeah, I guess he's just that sort of. He doesn't have that X X factor. Um, he's not going to win ten, fifteen races a year. He's only going to win maybe one or two. But if you can make that one or two Roubaix, then um, I tell you what I'd want this guy on my team.
1: Um, oh, he's almost he's almost like Stefan Kung a little bit, where like uh, if he goes to the finish line of anyone, he's probably not winning.
2: No, no. What did we think of of Kung Kung last night? Third in Roubaix. he was like obviously a, a protagonist in the race, a bit of a favourite as well. Um
1: I just don't don't know how he's going to win one of these. Oh. He's had such an interesting classic season. I reckon he's in all the top tens, almost like it's mm-hmm. crazy. And then, unfortunately for him, an FDJ rider beat him at, at, at one of the classics with uh, Madou. Um, but he, he, mate, I'd like if if you could punt on top ten here, you'd be punting on Stefan calling every day of the week. Like he's, <laughs> exactly. Every single time, he's just never going to win a bunch of sprint. He almost got pipped by the guy who's been in the break the whole time um, last 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 night. So. I feel for him, but he's he's a good writer. He's almost is a just a lower class Dylan Bar, really. Mm. Cambo,
0: you um taut up Kung a couple of times, similar writer back in the day, um, which he loved to tell everyone every time he comes on TV. Yep, but of course. Um he's 28 now, I believe, 28, 29 now. FCJ. Yep. Does he does he keep going to like towards that that kind of winning piece, or does he look to maybe does he look to go to a team where he could just be like the right-hand man to a, a Van Der Poel, Van Aert? Uh, what, what would you do if you were in his position?
2: Nah, for sure. I think he stays at, at FDJ. He's clearly the leader there. Um, he's been improving every year since he has been there. He sort of did his apprenticeship at BMC under, you know, Greg Van Avermaet, Mickey Shah, these sort of these classic, classic veterans. Um, and, you know, you, in cycling you can go to, 35 and still be in really really good nick. So he's got another 6 or 7 years um, coming back to these big races. And I know Van Art um Vanderpool all younger than him as well, but you know I think if he if he keeps chipping away at it, maybe he will just get that that break, he'll he'll attack at the right time, he'll get that little bit of luck. So I think he stays at FDJ. and like I said at the start he's he's the leader there and they're going to keep putting a team around him and I think he'll, he'll, he'll crack it one day. I think he'll get the, the big victory.
1: He's the Guy Martin of FDJ. He rides every single race. Yeah. Uh, he's literally on their whole schedule, so he's <laughs> probably, probably pretty tight. That that team just can't get away from, like, that
0: traditional French culture of you race uh, every weekend. And if yeah. you can, let's get <laughs> in a race on Wednesday as well. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we talked about Maharek being awfully unlucky with that puncher in, uh, coming to the finale when he was off the front but maybe more unlucky was uh, Van art with two, maybe three mechanicals throughout the day. Just could just could never never get every time he got back to where he needed to be, he was back in the team cars uh, with a puncher a mechanical or some some kind of issue.
1: He was um, he was incredibly impressive how he got back to the court. he did it three times the only person that outstaged him in getting back to the group was when Garner had a change of bike and he got back and it was one of the more impressive things I've ever seen Um, but yeah that's was he the strongest rider Mahorich or Van Baal probably Van Baal because he ended up winning by 90 seconds which is a fair margin Um, but those three were the clear strongest and it would have been good to see them all go to the line together because Van Art we know can can stuff them up Um, so it would have been good to watch it was uh, awfully unfortunate for him too. Laporte uh, was a
0: punch and then had um, one of the times that he had a mechanical. He was the guy that did the job to get him back onto the group. And so you would have loved, loved to have think for Jumbo's sake and for Van art' sake that he would have been the guy that could have helped him get to the finale, helped him kind of control that scenario where Van Baal went to the front break and, um, and made it work. But... Yeah, I think I completely agree, Max. Like you said, where those Mahorik, um, Van Art, and Van Baal were the three strongest guys and Van Baal had the best squad uh, and things also just went right for him.
2: Did you see the the clip of Laporte? He had the puncher and then his back wheel just buckled and yeah. he just <laughs> literally came to a grinding halt. Um, it, it feels like maybe he's come off the boil a little bit at at. Perry Neese, nice, he was the strongest guy in the race by a country mile, was splitting the group to shreds. Um, I guess that was, what, almost six weeks ago now, so it's a bit hard to hold form for so long. Um, but Van Hart seemed like he was a little bit exposed and maybe was doing a little bit too much. I thought he was, like we said, he was probably one of the strongest guys, but seemed like he just didn't get his timing right Um shutting things down when he maybe didn't need to doing work when he didn't need to um, and then he's always going to be the quickest guy there but y- you can't shut everything down so he'll come back and he- he'll win this race for sure
1: they need they need another rider Yumbo in, in especially another workhorse they need just one more and if that is um, yeah, Mar- <laughs> yeah <Ben> Mar- <laughs> the guy. Um, but you just see though so act- sort of outclassed in the classic region by Ineos um, and even even Quickstep. And even Alperson, who were one of my favourite teams, they had they had two or three people still left late. Um, once they were all isolated, it was only Ineos with two and Wanty, but uh, Alperson had a lot of guys there late as well. You feel like after this year's edition,
0: there'll be no more sleeping into those first... Um, 100k like for uh <laughs> for jumbo and alberson just use that like one or two guys just to help yeah get that back together at the start that that just pushes their next guys just another 10 half an hour down the road um and then it might be a completely different scenario but i think yeah there's no arguing that uh well, I don't think there's arguing unless Max doesn't give out sevens very often, but I feel like Ineos were a seven yesterday from the fact that they made the split to start off with and always were on the front foot to uh,
1: pull it off as well. And it's – like it's crazy to think they got their whole uh, – basically the whole team. I don't know if there was anyone left in the group. There might have been one um, in the break. And the, that's the hardest break to get into, Paris-Roubaix, because they – you know – that you can get ahead of the race and there's a chance you can get on the podium, like Vermeesh last year and like the wanty rider almost this year. So it's a very hard place to get into. And Ineos just split it apart. And we were talking about before off-air, Campbell, but Worthy was um, the lead the lead act. Yeah. Uh,
2: I mean, it, it would have been a surprise for a lot of people to see Worthy on that, on that start list. Um, he,
1: came in late, he came in late. Guess who he came in late for? they had know. they had viviani on the start sheet <laughs> what was he going to do
2: but i mean in the end it was just sort of everything went perfectly for anyos having a guy like werfy there to just ride the front when that split went like you wouldn't want anyone else doing that job um, he would have absolutely loved it uh, and you could see that he was laughing it too he's like i'm in the front at Roubaix and now he's got you know that on his palmarès been there as a as a teammate of the winner and playing a, an incredible role, I definitely didn't think I'd be seeing that um, in a year, especially in 2022.
0: Could Could anyone else in the world negotiate a part-time professional cycling and a part-time professional triathlon career on the biggest cycling team in the world? I
2: don't think so. I, I don't know how he does it. Um, it yeah, he's uh, he's got a way with words.
0: He he, he was probably out running afterwards just to keep things ticking for him, for his try. Probably had a, a race on next weekend. It feels like there was a lot of big winners. Like there was a lot of high scores in that, in, in the, the race, but was there a lot of teams that were pretty absent as well?
2: Oh, this is Max's domain to start sniping some teams, so I'll well,
1: let him start. I can, I can go and go and uh, <laughs> I was just cutting uh, it up for him. I mean, well, we can start of right up the top. aj Um I mean, GVA. I don't even know where he finished. He finished top twenty. I think he might have. Of course, yeah, he was. Um, he was seventeenth. Yeah. He was seventeenth. Um, our boys. Our boys that took a team of five. I get Michael Matthews pulled out early in the week and that was where they were going to go, try and see if Michael can can perform. And he had been racing quite well. Um, but to take a team, I think it was a team of five and Durbo did his best to get in the break and try and get up the road. But um, I think only one of them finished and it was Durbo and he was down in the 40s. Yep. Um, it, like, it, I can keep going because we can go to the most disappointing team so far this year um and that's israel uh who i mean they've been they didn't even start a team in one of the lead races israel have been deployed ef education i don't know what they're doing i heard their uh sportif come out and say it's hard to compete with the team to get all the good young riders they're like the only american team go get some of the american talent like <laughs> what's going on at ef I, did you see a pig jumper yesterday we both all three of us watched it did you see one uh, I thought I saw Bisig Was it, yeah, Stefan Bissig? He, uh, yeah, he was, he was 21st he, in the end. He was um, relatively active. I think um, I saw Kirkler
0: get a puncher. Okay. Okay. okay.
1: Um, UAE obviously didn't send a great team. Trenton crashed out. Um, but I'm not angry at UAE. They do so much at, at all the other events. So... Uh, but yeah, there were a lot of teams absent. When Team Wanty had six spots in the 20, there's going to be um, a lot of teams that are absent. Yeah, just looking here, I didn't see an
0: Astana jersey. I don't I think I haven't
1: seen an Astana jersey this year.
0: I was about to say. I about to
1: say. Where else have you seen one? Like they have Johnny Gianni Moscon. To be fair, at last year's Paris Roubaix, absolutely tore it up. He's been their lead rider for every classic, and I haven't heard his name called. Mm-hmm. Was he there yesterday? Who's there? rider? Who who are they? With? Like before, we give a starter or a zero for the whole season, and it's not <laughs> September yet. Is there someone in the tour who did they get Zacharin? Is there someone? I, is there someone? I'm just going to open up the list. Did um Nibbly Nibbly
2: still there? Obviously, Lo, Lopez has gone back there after the the saga at okay, uh, star
0: Lopez so he's there. But the um, Lopez's season's already gone pear shaped when he was racing Lucenco at, I think it might have been uh, one of the Spanish races.
1: Yeah. So there's a chance for a result somewhere. So we won't give him a zero yet.
0: It's a, it's a, yeah. Lopez stage late in the tour. Lucenco from the breakaway. Between them, Israel, and EF, something's got to give. Zac- <laughs> something's got to give. Zacharin for,
1: 17th at the Giro, maybe. Yeah. yeah. we are in that group until Matthews and Caden Groves have been lighted up.
2: Yeah. Groves has really taken a big step this year. Some big victories.
1: And, and what is with all these Australians over in Turkey? Like Jay Vine and Caleb Ewan and Groves and Wellsford, all these guys just dominating. Throw Paddy Bevan in there too. I know he's not Australian,
2: but he's Kiwi, close enough.
1: It's funny. It, it, but cycling really makes the paper. And Paris-Roubaix was on yesterday. So Paris-Roubaix, one of the greatest races on the calendar. And there's an article about Paddy Bevan winning Turkey and <laughs> <about> Paris-Roubaix. <laughs> so they've claimed him. <laughs> he it was, it came through an, uh, an Aussie team. Came
0: through the um, great squad ran out of Hobart by Andrew Christie Johnson. So he did, he's, <clears> yeah. <throat> he's, um, he's got some kind of touch on the uh, Australian
1: So I'm just I'm just searching on Pro Cycling Stats my team points. What I was thinking was completely right. And I think I think yeah. oh yeah, I've missed a team a main team that's down the bottom as well. So Israel Bike Exchange, Astana, and EF are four of the bottom five, and then DSM that yeah they've been mm. they've been nowhere as well.
2: Well, Sammy Welles we got them a, a victory recently the last week. Um, but besides that, it does seem like they've been dry for a long time. Cultural issues, a lot of bad press coming out about the way that the management management do things, a lot of riders leaving because of that. Um, sort of interesting to see how, how it all comes it comes out at the end of the season for them.
1: Trek Segafredo relatively disappointed with um, obviously Pedersen going out um, quite early, but his classic season probably combined. Like oh, such a genuine threat, um, and and Jasper Stoyven. they cleaned up the the girls, um, the girls race the day before. But um, yeah, the trek trek not and Cohen. I know you're listening, Cohen. He's a he's a great friend of the podcast. Um, he actually he did tip Pedersen for me as well, so he's got a bit to a bit to answer 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 for as well.
2: Yeah, I thought Stoyven was good. I mean, he got a top ten, and then Pedersen had an unfortunate crash. So I'm not going to come in too hot on them. Um they're 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 a good duo, Stoyven and, and Pedersen, They're they're going to win a lot of a lot of races in the next couple of years.
1: They're not getting any other result throughout the whole calendar year apart from those two in my eyes. Oh sorry. 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 Matteo Moschetti. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he has already won this year as well. I apologize. <laughs> He, he beat our other <laughs> friend of the podcast, Omar Goldstein, in a, in, a, in, a, in a bunch sprint in some in some race. But
2: Moschetti is genuinely your man.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's <laughs> a good man, Moschetti. I want to meet him one day.
2: Uh, any other any other points, Alex? that You, you uh, noted there just being on the ground in in France.
0: Lotto Lado lot uh, lot Yep. Uh, one zero were they in the race?
2: Um,
0: not yeah. to my knowledge. For Mich, I think had in. a mechanical or crashed
2: out. Unfortunately, everyone, but- everyone had a mag Everyone had a mechanical. Everyone had crashes.
1: For some reason, they're still confused about Philip Gilbert and what he can deliver. Yeah. Um, Arts has actually had a pretty good classics season. Um, just a bit unlucky at times, but yeah, they didn't go into anyone really, really strong. They had to get in the break and they didn't. I I hope Caleb's
2: getting paid an absolute monster of that team because without him it's thin.
1: It is thin. Hmm. He's about to light it up, isn't he? He's literally about to light up our 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 winter down here, Caleb. I can see him doing like there, there's I'm not sure if you guys looked into the Giro uh opening stage, but it suits Caleb. It's a tiny little punchy little climb um, that might be able to get him the what's it called in the Giro, the Rosa. Yeah. Which could be exciting. Um, So, yeah, I'm bullish about Caleb. Really, really bullish. His turkey stuff was good. Caden Groves is in good form. There's no harm losing to him every now and then.
2: Yeah. Well, Alex Alex will be able to give us a red hot update. Been um, on yachts in Monaco in the last fortnight with with Caleb. So, how is he going, Alex? Uh, He was good. He, um, he,
0: He was good. He's like, he's got his... Camp Camp Cam and me kind of were at the same point in Caleb as Caleb at one point in our lives. And then right. now he's on like surprisingly a whole, a whole nother level. He's got his family, he's sorted, he's got his houses. But no, I think I think he's good. It's like Max talks talked about, it is a massive year for him, though. He's coming into his winning years. Um, super disappointing tour to France last year, crashing out early. Mm-hmm. And um, you think, yeah, I think there's still some frustrations around getting his team dialed. Like it's still, it's getting better. It's like slowly evolving, but getting that dialed. Um, and yeah, I, he got two wins at Turkey, which were good. And I think like that, that uphill win that he got, that is like Caleb and to a T. He's not going to, he's not going to ever be super challenged on that kind of finale. He's the king of that uphill sprint, but there was a couple of sprints there where um, he was delivered pretty well, and I just don't know if he quite had that kick. So I'd be interested to hear what he has to say about yeah, just didn't have quite have the legs yet because he obviously missed out on Milan-San Remo and a bit of racing. Um, yeah, I think just having a, a good week of racing in the the legs coming up to the Giro, we'll do that first block of the Giro, and then Tour de France. Um,
1: hopefully, he's got a bag of stages. And
0: um, there and- is.
1: And- there is no way that you're going to ask him that hard-hitting question, Alex.
0: Not, not, not he doesn't on... he doesn't
1: burn his
2: he doesn't burn his friends this badly. No, not, not on the
1: record. <laughs> you will put it down to bad luck that he didn't finish and beat Groves. You won't ask about the legs. You'll go, oh, did you were stiff. One someone just put their bike in front of you and just closed you, closed you in.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be fair though, those those sprints at Turkey were were rocket hot. They were quick sprints, which you know it doesn't suit Caleb perfectly. Um, in more of the, the slowish sort of uphill draggy punchy using that acceleration um, but yeah I'm sure he would have been watching the Tour de France last year knowing that he could have absolutely filled his boots with five or six wins so he'll be I'm guessing he'll be hungry to go back this year Alex and, and do that
0: It's a big it's a big zero too for another good friend of the podcast Lucas Hamilton's had an absolute shocker to the year had um, yes gastro then got COVID, then uh, I'm not sure if you saw his crash match he went over the wall on the downhill. Um, at bass country and chopped up his face a bit, but
1: that was when he was finally looking good as well in the break. Mm. And, he, and
0: he's like, it was, uh, yeah, the ultimate, the ultimate um, frustration because he was coming good. He's let, he's in good nick. He made the right break. The break went to the finish, and yeah, just a little bit split too his hot. face open. A little bit too hot in one of those corners, but uh, Giro on the cards for him. So I think he's a bit on edge on how that crash will affect him um but all in all kind of although it looks it looks pretty bad with his face his um his body came out the rest of his body didn't break anything didn't have any major bruising or injuries so i think he should be okay and good to go for giro
1: yeah that'd be good he can he can ride for for damien housing um who is who is literally he's on fire as well, Damien Housen. He's he's riding really well. Yates, Yates actually looks good as well. So Mitchelson can maybe do something in and around the tours. Yep. Uh Liage coming up. Coming up. Probably, in my opinion, one of the more boring of ones of the monuments. Um, but it does have the G C guys there. So the G C guys can win them. Um, I can't I can't see Bog losing. <laughs> um <maybe. laughs> Maybe if the vans can get a hold of him, but it's going to be hard to see Pog losing. I would like to see Van Art go to go to the age and give it a crack. I think he said um, he did. He said he will. He said something about how he felt in Paris Roubaix, and he said he felt good. Obviously, he comes second.
2: Yeah,
0: especially
1: uh, imagine if he said he would still feel on the effects of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> he would, he would have made Van Bale feel that little. <laughs>
0: He <laughs> yeah, he's in good, like climbing. Nick too this year. It feels like he's taken a little bit off the edge on the sprint, and has uh, reinvested that into his climbing and time trialing ability. So this is the year. There it was good. I did love though. We haven't touched on Flanders at all, but I did love seeing Pog at Flanders. Like just going, like a GC guy going head to head with the
1: strong classics boys. Um, it was good. It'd be good to see a sprinter go as well, like a Caleb. Mm. Just get the best of all worlds and see if Caleb can survive the little punchy climbs, which you probably could, maybe on a good day. Mm. I mean, that's what my Lance Remo sort of brings with the GC guys don't go there. So, like, if you can get a mixture of um, one of those monuments that can bring them all, that'd be a, that'd be great to watch. Mm. But Pog's never going to the finish with Caleb, is he? So that's why it's hard to watch. I, yeah. I don't think that that'll ever, ever happen.
2: And we got Flesh Ballone, I believe, on some, uh Sorry, on Wednesday... This midweek, so I
1: love their Wednesday stuff up there.
2: They do. It's a big festival this, this yeah. spring spring campaign. So is is our Philippe? Is he out? Um, when he got the the, the crash with uh the Quick Step team car running uh, through the peloton?
1: Yeah, recently that was uh, uh where where was that over a Basque country or something? I can't remember where it was, but oh no, it was the it was the day that Christophe won.
2: I don't remember. I can't remember when it was, but I don't know whether he's he's going to be up for these next couple of races. But hope he is, because he's someone that can he can challenge he can challenge Pog um, in these in these Hilly Den races.
1: Now that we've seen, I mean Rog's sort of just left the big three. I I, I, I dare say it's the two Vans and Pog. Who who's your favourite? Because I've been thinking about this recently, watching MVDP come back from his. Uh, hardly doing a a thing and then just having like five race days and coming first in two of them and podium the other ones. Like it's crazy how successful he is off the back of like some Strava stuff. He is by far my favorite athlete in the world at the moment. Not just cyclists, He's my favorite athlete in the world. He has so much swagger. He does stuff so well. He, he he just rides for the sake of riding. I I love everything that MBDP does. He disappointed me a little bit last night, but it obviously if he's not attacking, it means he is he didn't have the legs.
0: Yeah, that's a massive call. Do, do you take anything out of his uh yeah the way that he approaches Sport Max and everything that he is
1: uh, and apply it to your career? Uh, he's got a little bit too much swagger for probably Australian culture. <laughs> Um, Van Art's actually the one who's a little bit more reserved, um, but no, I just I love and I love how Van Art's both of them what they've done. Like Van Art's wearing a Red Bull helmet, which is like that's like F one and like like we got Red Bull athletes in footy. There's Red Bull athletes in NBA. Like they're like cool athletes and like now there's a cyclist wearing a Red Bull a Red Bull helmet, and I I kind of want. We should be careful because Red Bull sponsor the club, but I kind of want Monster to just jump on board with MBDP. And like, they go head-to-head head with the energy drinks. You should see Monster sponsor Lewis Hamilton because that's up against the Red Bull guys. So it's quite funny how they both work. But um they've brought me to... And, it, and Netflix is going on the tour. And I hope, Ooh, yeah. hope hope both those boys light it up. Um UAE, I see, are doing the Mercedes and not opening their doors, um, which always leads to the fact that we all don't know what happens behind UAE. <laughs> um, I'm guessing Bahrain has probably closed the door as well. <laughs>
2: Uh, it's a tricky one in cycling, isn't it? You think yeah. you'd want to be as transparent as possible. It's your perfect opportunity to do it.
1: The only team with clearly the best rider, we're just going to close our door. <laughs> yeah, we don't fancy it.
2: <laughs> Interesting.
1: Ed, what was your answer? Are you MBDP, man, or are you Pog, or are you Van
2: Art? It's, it's hard to disagree with you in, in saying that MVDP is the most... Sort of the most attractive as a as a brand, he's he's good to watch. He just comes in and just wins shit. Like he doesn't yep. need to do these training races. He comes in and he just is ready to go. Um, yeah, the other guys are a little bit more reserved, but the way the way Poggy just wins as well, um, he, he's he's also bloody good. But I, I'm going to agree on them BDP.
0: We soon forget that like he was, uh, MVD, he wasn't racing a month ago. Like it was just, he was, he had COVID, he was sick, he was out, and, and all of a sudden he's back. But the fact that Pog is going to line up Tour de France favourite, probably going to win the Tour de France, probably going to do it not in like a recreational style of just having strength in numbers, and it's not going to be an Ineos win, that's for sure. And then he's going head to head, just lighten it up in Flanders against. Uh, the one one of if not the best one day classic ride in the world is I don't I don't know that it gets
1: much better than that. Oh yeah, that's that's got a, that's attractive as well. I think I'm in classics mode right now. Once I get mm. into PC mode, I'll start maybe Rog and Alaphilippe Philippe rejoin the conversation at some point. But at the moment, Rog and Alaphilippe Philippe are just a little bit. Rog's boring. Whatever they 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 did a one-week race the other day and he was boring. Mm.
0: We um we uh, reconvening. So the plan was that I'd do a we'd do a podcast the start of each month. Obviously, it's the 18th of April, so that hasn't quite come to life. Uh, not the, really the start, or really the end, or the
1: middle. Really, the <laughs> 18th. Yeah, we just we needed to talk about Perry Roubaix. Otherwise, we we're an irrelevant cycling podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: so we'll be back in a couple of weeks. That's the good news. Um, any final comments?
2: Well, the, Giro, the, the Giro starts on the 6th of May, which isn't too far away, so it could okay. be a nice little launch pad. Yeah.
1: yeah. We've a, big, got, a, big, um, a big
2: Stanley Street preview through the teams. It's yeah. our bread and butter.
1: Yeah. Well, we've got the one-week day uh, the one week race is starting to come, Romandy. Uh, the Alps are tonight. Um, Alps are starting. I'm doing a little, for those that love my uh, little smoky punters that um, gamble responsibly, of course, uh, I'm going uh, a stage uh, for the for the one week for GC to 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 get in the top three. I'm going Aridsman from DSM. So I'm DSM are finally going to do something. Yeah, D. first. Not, it's not an amazing. It's not an amazing GC. It's like Bill Bow V Lando both from Bahrain, and then Ineos have a couple of hybrids. Um, it's, yeah, it, it's not an amazing GC field. So I reckon third could be open. Okay. It is exciting having the Giro
0: on, um, on the helm in the company of Max, the um, expert. I'm surprised he hasn't been poached by XB, SBS um, yeah. or GCN. Some, like of the, some, of the, the some of the names
2: that he comes out with. I mean, he, he, he was ahead of the curve with Moschetti. You <laughs> <laughs> should have taken a cut off that transfer, I reckon.
1: <laughs> uh, well, now, that, I mean, the Giro looks to be where most of the sprinters might be going. So it actually won't be irrelevant Italian sprinters. I think there's a few sprinters going to the Giro. Um. So uh, maybe the Volta could be me this year. I've got to try and find me Magnus Court. Mm. There's
2: there's always those tier two Italian sprinters that are prepared to just risk their lives, though, so in these giro sprints, which is which is good for us.
1: That's who's going to get EFs, EF season back on track. Magnus Court, where where's he hiding?
0: Well, it's not the Volta yet. Comes he <laughs> comes out comes out of hibernation <laughs> in
1: August. There's a Spanish one-day race, car in San Sebastian. Doesn't that, that, that come up soon? Take him there. We like three stages. of the three or four stages of the world.
2: Min- minimum.
0: Oh, Every year he has a minimum one. <laughs> like fucking down. The um, big in two yesterday. We go on the motorbike. It does. Oh. It's, oh, it's so the biggest in. We go on the motorbike. The biggest
1: out. GCN not using Robbie, so there was no Robbie McEwen.
0: Mm.
1: So can we can we I mean we're probably gone over time? Can we debrief Robbie got the arse, did he? Yeah, remember (laughs) when we did the first podcast with Keno and he could be yeah he didn't have a whole lot to say about it. And they brought in Jero and Jero I don't mind, but then Robbie has gone to GCN. Yeah, and he I don't know who the guy he does it with in GCN, but that guy has no idea, like literally no idea. He can't commentate.
0: I think he
2: There's two, there's two, there's uh Carl Kirby who's Kirby's. He's not great, but is it Rob Hatch? Rob Hatch. Rob Hatch is good. Him and Robbie is a good good, good duo.
1: In a sprint finish, he just mumbles away and calls out one name and they're nowhere near it. Mm. Give it to Robbie. I get there's some sort of seniority thing and Robbie's just got to GCN. He's got Ernie Stripes. (laughs) Stripes. (laughs) (laughs) He's the talent. Yeah, yeah. Alex.
2: Robbie. We go on the bike last night was fantastic
0: when, when there's I'm some real, real top, top tier commentary. commentary when it's coming in coming into cobble section he's like oh the boulangerie on the left that's where you gotta be moving <laughs> up on the right hand side you know it's coming in hot here like the detail and this the the things that he has to say is yeah
2: real lived experiences and genuinely like still a fan like loves yeah. watching the sport and you can tell that
1: oh, so. i sbs I SBS'd it and now I'm disappointed. Although, sorry, Kino and Jero and Bridie were good, but would have loved a little bit of Wigo. Yeah, Wigo's so good.
2: Wigo's what you want. It's what you need.
1: Is he still like doing that cool little trendy, yeah. like he's like a hipster now? Is he still got like the tats and.
2: It's kind of hard to tell. He was on the motorbike with a big
1: helmet,
0: he a warmer. To you. I feel like when speed. he gets when he gets on the motorbike and he's in cycling, he turns into that like that little boy again that just loves it oh, He loses all mm-hmm. that. He loses the fact that sure. he's Bradley Wiggins. I'm
2: sure he was punching darts around the back of the showers at Rubak yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: all right. A big thanks to TAC and MAP for supporting this podcast. Thanks, Max. Um, congrats on the start of the season. Um Red hot. thanks, Cambo. Appreciate it Thanks that. Alex hey, Making your first appearance On season five It's good oh, to it have you been, back
2: It's great to be
1: back That's really I've enjoyed it I've thoroughly enjoyed it Bad What happened last time The Tasmania the, the power cord That goes over The Bass Strait Got cut yep. off
2: Yeah that's exactly What happened uh.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's how fragile It is down here <laughs> And uh, I think the time Before he had
0: a, a tea time At Royal Hobart and Couldn't quite move it To the to any other hour On the day so. I've
1: got no issues With that
0: Yeah <laughs> 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 alright thanks oh, both. cheers bye